Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Patreon supporter Seth Knorr. If you'd like to support the podcast through a small recurring monthly donation, just log on to schooloflast.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Seth. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to today's podcast. Rick Roberts here, and we are wrapping up and kicking off years here. That's right, the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, the time of optimism, and also a time of reflection. Today on the podcast, uh, joining me will be Johnny W., who you've heard on the podcast before, as well as Brian Bates. Uh, both guys I've known for a while. They live here in Nashville, and we get together on occasion and kind of shoot the breeze, figure out what worked, what's not working, how we can help each other out. And I thought I'd catch up with these guys at the end of the year to see what worked for them and what didn't. We talk about our best shows and our worst shows. And we start with our worst because, hey, that's the most interesting, right? We go into a great detail on a couple of stories of uh, things that went horribly wrong and how we anticipate fixing those things in the future so they don't happen again. And we talk about some things that went well. And then at the end, kind of kick it off with one goal for 2018 for each of us. If you're into goals, you'll want to tune in to the uh, middle of the month podcast on January 15th. We're going to go deep into goals, what you need to do for this year, and more importantly, how are you going to do it? You know, every year I have goals that I want to achieve, and I look back, and the ones that I actually knocked out were goals where I had a process laid out and a strategy. Other goals were just wishful thinking, things I thought I would like to do, but really didn't have a plan on how I was going to get there. So next week, we're going to talk deeply about how to strategically put in place a process to knock some goals out and maybe to dial back on the goal setting a little bit so that the goals you do set are achievable. It's great if you achieve those early in the year and you want to set some new ones later, but if you have too many up front, you may not have enough time, energy, or really resources to knock those goals out, and you'll be right back where you were at the end of the year. So that's that, and that's what we're going to talk about next week. But this week is what did and did not work in 2017 with Johnny W. and Brian Bates. (laughs) Welcome to the show. I've got Johnny W. How's it going, sir? Great. And Brian Bates. Hey, Rick. <laughs> I just don't Brian have have more vocal energy. Great to be here. And uh, I think he's got it. Yes, yes. wonderful. We'll, get, we'll, we'll check it at the end and see how he hangs on. <laughs> it's easy to start strong, but it's, it's also easy to fade fast. The theme today is best and worst. I made a little list. I had a lot of worst. <laughs> yeah, that side of the dock. That's all worst. <laughs> no, no. And, and this is my best right there on, oh, the, wow, on the blank page. A... So I'm going to start off with what I think it was the worst. And I'm not positive... That it's true. Mm-hmm. So this this is where I, I'm just going to give you the evidence and let you decide. <laughs> okay, so sometimes I do this thing where I'm an imposter speaker. Yeah. That is the worst. And it's it can be interesting. Yeah. So, and it takes a lot of work, custom, you know, it's, I spend, it's got to be at least 10 hours on each one of these prepping yeah. for a small 10 minute piece before my stand up. Right. So they bring me into a company and I'm an expert on XYZ. And it slowly decays until the audience is like, what the heck's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then I have the CEO literally pick me up by my shirt and escort me out so it looks like... Does that always happen? You always get that? I out? always ask for it. Only one oh, yeah. time ago, I wasn't comfortable with that. Yeah. I had him yell at me, though. And so <laughs> so it's very convincing the audience, and they're in a state of confusion. And then he reintroduces 
and I come back and they're like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. But there's laughs throughout. So I did this one and it was going really well. <laughs> this was upstate New York. And the uh, the topic that I had was a financial advisor to farmers. Yeah. So I created this company called BFF, Beyond Farm Financial. Okay. I had graphics. I made I made it look like I have an app that was on the iTunes Top 100. I mean, it was on the cover of Fortune 500 magazine, did a lot of Photoshop type work with right. it. And it went great. I've got little video clips of it up I'll link to. And as it goes, you know, I, I started encouraging the farmers to look at all their assets and maybe be a manurepreneur and stuff like this. <laughs> oh, I've seen this video. Yeah. Manurepreneur. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I like entrepreneur better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just, I love the rhyme of manurepreneur. Manurepreneur. Yeah. So I do it and, uh, and it goes great. Let's not, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I've got video clips if you want to see it. The guy who hired me was in, you know, he was kind of laughing as he was escorting me out. He That's was, what I remember. Yeah. So he kind of got, uh, tickled and whatever. So he enjoyed it and the audience liked it. And I came back to my comedy. Comedy was, was fine. Everything was good. Yeah. So the next day I fly home uh-huh. and then the next day I usually wait a couple of days and follow up and ask for a letter of recommendation or whatever. Just, yeah. you know, what do you think? Anything I can improve on all that stuff. So I, I email the guy who hired me mm. and immediately comes back an auto reply. Blank blank is no longer with the company. Oh no. I mean, this was, literally a day and a half max after he hired me. And I never spoke directly to the CEO. I just talked to this guy yeah. who hired me. And he was 100% <laughs> on board. I sent him slides ahead of time, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I've not been able to get a hold of the guy since. Oh, wow. You know, even through his personal number, Facebook page, no replies. Yeah. So I have to think that I got him fired. For now, your... Oh. Now, his decision to hire me, perhaps, is what got him fired. But he is no longer with the company. Oh, no. And you got to find this guy. I, well, devastation I know in the wake of Rick and I Roberts. Keep checking his job status on his Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing. I know he's got two kids. Oh, no. He's like my age, almost 50. And so Damn. that it's in the back of my head that until that's resolved and I know yeah. I wasn't the reason. Yeah. Maybe because this was a two day conference. Maybe something happened the day after I left where he went doing something crazy or got busted doing something or <laughs> angered somebody. I don't know. So I just feel like that's my worst of the year, even though it may not be my fault. It may not be an actual thing. I don't think it's your fault. But why don't you just message the guy? And, I have. And that's what I'm saying. I've called him. I've left voice messages. I've emailed. Even Facebook messaged him? Yeah. He nothing, hasn't replied. Nothing. I oh, he's mad he, at you. I see that he received it. Yeah. yeah. You see the little check mark. Oh, the little red. Oh, no. Yeah. So not, <laughs> this is his worst gig of the year. Yeah. yeah. He's doing a podcast about you right now. him into an entrepreneur. Manure. Wait, yeah, he probably is out there following my own advice now. <laughs> And he's turning uh, manure into pellets for grills. and Gosh. So I feel horrible. See, I like the idea of the fake speech, but it seems like if it started to go bad, I would – I don't know what I would do. I would want out yeah. quickly. Well, it's interesting. Like as as the years have gone by, I think the first one I did, I kind of cracked early and I, I couldn't yeah. be an actor. Mm-hmm. But after years of doing just motivational speeches that are funny, I'm able to – I know how to be serious in front of a group. Mm-hmm. So when I do that, I'm able to keep a straight face the whole way through. And even when they laugh, I'm like, yeah, you might think that's funny. But you know, that, the speech went well, though, right? Everyone yeah. laughed and liked it? Yeah, yeah the clip I, I saw imagine, was good. I can't imagine. That's Somebody getting they... fired if it went well, unless you really offended that's what I'm worried one person, about. the CEO or whatever. Like, I don't know. Unless he went way – you didn't tell me this guy was this, and then they – Yeah. Like, the communication in my contact was 100% clear and transparent. I wondered if he – Yeah. Didn't get it all cleared 100% with his guy. But you don't say anything inappropriate. Right. Not at all. My show last, my light work show last year was a corporate, 
and maybe the worst show ever. And it's it's proof of the thing of we talked about it before. Us three have talked about like things can be great and have all you have all the makings of a great show and it can go bad or it can have all you can be put in so many so many holes. And then whatever for whatever reason that night your jokes are a tall enough ladder to get out of the hole. Mm-hmm. And this was the example of the other thing. This was on the Queen Mary. It was a corporate in a ballroom with spotlights, a stage. It's a California Long Beach. I mean, it was a high paying event. Uh, this person had found me and loved my clips. They sold me to their company, blah, blah, blah. I did sound check. They said they're going to be eating, but then after they eat, we're going to do a couple of announcements and then we're going to ring you up. Give me an intro. And it's it's created what I call now the Toby Flinderson rule, meaning this thing I think I've told you this. The guy who introduces you cannot be the company's Toby Flinderson okay. because they will not listen to him as he quiets the crowd. In other words, it needs to be somebody that the company respects needs to be the CEO. that can settle them and go, I vouch for this guy in essence. Whoever got up was like the copy boy and they were just talking over him. And I thought, well, I'll do a song to start. They'll quiet down to the song. They never got quiet. They were loudly talking at tables the entire 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. And I just sweated my way through and got my ch- it was like being at an open mic and being paid a lot of money to have the super bowl on behind you on the tvs it was such a weird distracted crowd and it, I, I ne- it rattled me for a long time i was gonna say did you fall asleep at night at no all? i didn't go i i had a i had a 5 a.m flight the next day to do my next oh. show in indianapolis from california so i had to do like basically this middle of the morning flight and until the Indianapolis show where I got my first laugh, which was right away. Thank goodness they were a great crowd or I would have just quit comedy maybe. Yeah. But they were so great. And it was like, then it gets out of your system. But it did rattle me. I was like, am I just not? You just go, am I not any good? It just, you can't help but go, could a good comic have got their attention? Yeah. That's what you always think. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's. So the Toby Flinderson rule is in effect full on now. I go, who's introducing me? And Let that, me meet him. The guy's name was Toby Flinderson? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying like it's the guy from the office that everybody hates or Michael Scott hates. So they're like, ah, oh, it's him. Everybody just talk over him. So, yeah. you just, so now it's like it can't be like Bates. It needs to be somebody <laughs> wearing a tie. <laughs> so you're blaming your bad gig on the I'm guy who introduced you. I'm okay. not blaming the gig. I'm saying sense. it's one more thing that I feel like contributed to them not being settled. Were they at rounds too? Tables? Yes, round tables. So some had their back to me. And did they clear plates during your performance? I think there were still plates out. Yeah. So there were some. There were some. I blame most of this on Johnny. Look, sometimes your jokes aren't enough. Well, <laughs> and yeah. mine weren't. Mine I, were not. <laughs> I just did a corporate show, uh, a, a, a Christmas party for a company in uh, Lewisburg, Tennessee. And so I had all these stuff about Lewisburg that I had written <laughs> and uh, researched. And I'm up there telling it. Nobody, everybody's just staring at me. And I finally asked, do you guys live here? And nobody, they all come in from different <laughs> oh, towns. Right. So. They're just using it as a venue. Yeah, it's just a, it's a factory. But I mean, <laughs> they're like, dude, we don't care about Lewisburg. We don't even want to be here. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's not one of the ones I wrote down, but it just okay. made, me, made me think about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I still do a lot of open mics, so I'm used to just quiet, quietness and stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> that, I mean phase me as far as that goes but i guess i have a couple examples um the one i wrote down for the worst is probably a bar a bar show that i did in the middle of nowhere alabama where the guy who was running the bar it was just a really really rough crowd attached to a holiday inn that was from the 1980s and the guy who run the bar uh was packing a gun <laughs> And told me he's not afraid to use it. And then the crowd got so rowdy that he threatened to use it. 
he threatened the crowd with gun violence. It was the closest thing I've ever had to Roadhouse. I mean, there was there was no chicken wire, but I wish there was. Um, and uh, he, the bar owner, let me know that they like the dirty jokes and they don't really care for the clean stuff. So I, I was, I had no chance. I just wanted to get out alive, and so I did do that. I uh, was staying at the Holiday Inn attached to the bar, so I propped something up against my door and and got out of there. Was that a charter talent show? Uh, it was. I wasn't going to say that, but <laughs> but it, but it was. It was a charter talent show. Um, and then uh, real quickly, the one of the best and worst shows I just did earlier this week was uh, for uh, at a prison. And it was one of the worst because there was no microphone. There's no stage. It's in a giant gymnasium and 250 inmates have been sitting there a long time and uh, weren't pleased for having to wait so long. It was the best because it was so rewarding because after the show, they were so thankful and appreciative to have us. And and I've never seen a crowd more appreciative to have people come entertain them. Like they standing out at the end or a loud applause? Like were they loud applause? I think maybe some stood with it. Every one of them came up to us to shake our hand, to thank us, and to hug us, and the you know to thank you or shank you, <laughs> <laughs> shank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't know, uh, but thankfully, just shake our hands you and got thank us. Cigarettes, but look, say, that's <laughs> he maybe brought cigarettes in. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, but it was very rewarding to do something like that as well. So in a way, it was the best, but it was <laughs> the setup was the worst. Well, I like the fact that. I mean, we even talked about it before you went. It's, it's going to be a tricky thing and could be dangerous and could potentially go wrong. So you took a chance and pushed yourself out of the comfort zone for sure. Oh, yeah. Which I'm afraid. I don't know if I would do it or not. Oh, was, come on, Rick. I was going to go the one tomorrow, but I got to watch the kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had no chance to really win them over as far as with no microphone. I mean, I was basically just talking, just projecting. But yeah. But anyway, they were very appreciative. So it makes you feel good. But it was a tough gig. You gotta go in there, man. You sing cops. You gotta do your whole yeah. <laughs> Barney. I get Barney Five coming. Oh, in it's there. gonna gonna kill make fun him. of the guard. See that guard? He's like Barney Five. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of a, a a joke. I think it was Dino Tripodis, a comic uh, from Columbus, Ohio, talking about one of his prison gigs that he did. And he came out and he goes, "Hey, anybody here on death row?" A couple people clapped their hands. He's like, "I got some news for you. That clock five minutes fast." <laughs> that great. That's amazing. Oh man! All right, I got some other. Uh, Bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like, this was totally, it's one of those things, if I followed my rules, it probably wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened, but there was extenuating circumstances. So I was out in Tucson, Arizona, at a resort, so it's kind of removed from everything, and I had gone Uber rides back and forth, so I didn't have a car to go out and get lunch somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the gig is at 2 o'clock, and they have a big, nice resort-prepared meal at noon that they invited me to partake in. I'm like, eh, I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah. And so I'm eating the food, and you know, right around one fifteen or so, I just feel like itchy, and then I start breaking out a little bit. Uh oh! And I go on at two, and this this is one where I'm very interactive the whole time yeah. with people. And uh, about one fifty five, I'm in the back room. I'm like, I can't talk. Like I'm trying to talk, and I can't talk. My throat has swollen completely shut, and I I can barely breathe. And when I can open my mouth, it's almost like it's not phlegm. It's like a clear. Mm-hmm. fluid it's like so i had allergic reaction to some peanuts that were in a glaze on top of a chicken dish that I was did, not marked i did not know you were allergic to peanuts yeah it was some kind of almond thing that we found out much later in the day wow. so i go up the guy introduces me 
And I go up and I go, and I've got a recording of it. I could probably put it at the end of this if we want. And it's like, <laughs> I know I'm here to do some Kylie. This part is not a joke. I, I can barely talk. So I think I've had an allergic reaction. I'm going to see if I can get some hot water. Why don't we take a five-minute break, and I'll, I'll be right back, and we'll, we'll see if we can do this. <laughs> and then I, people were like, huh? And then so the two MCs come back up, and they kill some time for me. And I, I go get some hot water from where they're making tea, and I, I barely open the package. I'm like, wait, sir, that's peanut water. Yeah. <laughs> You're water. making it worse. It's straight from Logan's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, I mean, literally, it's it's I, I can do a joke, and if they laugh long enough, I can breathe. To yeah. just, so it made, the, made me keenly aware of long setups, for one. <sighs> yeah. But, like, for an hour... I had to be up there, and it was one where I do the breakouts. It's kind of an improv, yeah. listen up, laugh it up. So there's times where I can have them do something, and I can take some extra drinks of water. But it was everything I could get to get through it. And even after I was done, they had a ten minute break, and I could barely. When people came up afterwards, offering me suggestions and stuff like you know how to clear it out, I could barely thank them for telling me. Like it was, it yeah. was the most difficult gig. And it, Being sick performing is just awful. It and was the hard. guy who hired you is no longer working there. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The I guy could, who made the that lady got hired and. But yeah, it was like it's tough. And so I typically don't eat before a show. Yeah. Or at least I don't eat what they have. Like here this is my Arby's rule. So on the road, if I have to eat before a show, I get the Arby's turkey slider. Get two of them. Hmm. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong in there. Yeah. But like hmm. I thought about, you know, what could I have done differently? Like, well, I could have hitched a ride or called Uber to go eat lunch, which to me just seemed ridiculous when mm-hmm. there was one there for me. Yeah. But it was very hard. Yeah, that's interesting. You win, Rick. You win. Yeah. Worst uh, gigs. The closest thing I had to that being sick on stage was I had a sinus infection. And normally it was like right behind it was right behind my eyes. You know, sometimes it gets in my chest mostly. And I'll have a weird cough, but my voice just gets deeper and I can muscle through. This was for whatever reason, right behind my sinus and my behind my eyes. And it caused one of my eyes to just weep. <laughs> you were so, at the Indian that's looking at the trash? So I was. So I was like I was like constantly like was I was backstage going, This is not Every time I would like open it and like begin to a tiny little, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be so bad. And for whatever, I'd like prayed through and I was like, God, I just need an hour. And for whatever reason, during the show, it did not. And then they wanted to take me out to eat. So I'm at the merch table. It's weeping again. <laughs> they went to eat and I was dabbing my eye the whole dinner. And Why her family was there. Ask God to heal you. I know. You should have asked I for should two have, hours. I asked her. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> an hour. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's like Samson. He killed more Philistines in his death. He should have just, <laughs> yeah. look, can I just, can I just go home? Give me my sight right. back. Yeah. Till I get there. No. I just wanted to kill some Philistines. Wow. But yeah, it was a weird one, but, uh, but yeah, not being able to talk. That's my fear. Cause like we, we make losing my mind or not being able to talk. Well, that's really all that's left. It's too late for one. Right. <laughs> but it's like, if you, like memory, like can you ever think about that? Your memory, if you dude, I'm almost remember. fifty. I think about it all the time. Yeah. He can't when think you, about when, it when you can remember. Yeah, I wish I could think about it. <laughs> it's on my list of things to think about when I can remember where that list is. Where's that list? Wow. But yeah, I just think about that stuff. Like if I ever have like a sore, one time I had a sore in my tongue, and I was out with Tim Hawkins, and there's a podcast of me. I remember hearing name that. drop. And uh, well, the only reason I say it's because he does this podcast that's listened to by a lot of people, and I was dreading it because I've been like this one. I like this. Yeah, this one. This one's going nowhere. Now my eye is weeping. But no, I just was dreading like maybe they'll record it Sunday at the end of the run. Sure enough, Friday night, the end of the show, I'm like barely muscled through my 10, 15 minute set. I'm like, hey, thank you guys. And I had this sore on the bottom, and he goes, and then Caleb, their road tech, noticed it. Uh, He's like, what's going on with your? Sure enough, Tim goes on the bus. Let's do the podcast tonight. I'm like, oh no! And they teased me for an hour and a half on that podcast, oh, yeah. trying to get me to do Cartman and Cartman impressions. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't cheesy poofs. Like it was really bad. But it's just like 
We, I, what I've learned about comics, I already knew this to some degree, but you really realize we're trying to control the narrative. That's your whole goal. I tell you when to laugh. Yeah. I tell you what to laugh at. It's not going to be my throat that's closing up. It's right. not going to be my weeping eye. It's going to be this joke that I wrote. It's going to make you think I'm clever. So when you have something that's out of your control that they're laughing at, it it's it panics you. And you're like, what do I do now? It's oh, like yeah. you go back to seventh grade or something. It's really weird. Got it. All right, let's flip the flip the script and do some positive things that came across. Isn't it amazing how the negative is so much more interesting though to comics? Like we love talking about the bombing and the, that's the first thing you want to hear. Wow. But anyway, back to you. Let's spin it to good. It's good. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> is this just gigs we're talking about? Gigs or experiences that came through comedy. Like if you weren't a comedian, these things wouldn't be on. Wouldn't have happened. All right. Well, then I've got a couple other before we move on to the good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to hear it. <laughs> well, I just thought about in general some things that went well and some didn't in this this past year. Uh, all right. So I um, I think I told you last at the beginning of this year when we were making goals, one of my goals was to have 30 minutes of new material for yep. this year. Well, I did it like gangbusters. And by halfway through this year, I already had 30 minutes of new material. But what I found was I was writing so much material that all of it wasn't probably the, my best material. So I, I had to realize, yeah, it's great to write new material, but I'm not on TV. I'm not putting out specials where everyone knows. No one knows me. I'm usually the opening act for someone. So if I'm a feature, I need to do my 25 to 30 best minutes, not necessarily my 25 to 30 newest minutes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Gotcha. So, so I found myself, my all right, I'm, I've got a new 30 minutes here, but is it my best? Probably mm. not. So what I end up doing is backing off a little bit. Um, I looked, you know, today I've probably got in a 30 minute set, probably 15 of it now is new from a year ago. Um, but a lot of it, I mean, I've seen you several times, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot of it seems the new stuff is really good. Well, and then the other thing I've noticing is lately I've started, I come off really strong and then sometimes I've lose crowds like halfway through my set and which is you don't want to show to end shouldn't end like that should be building Mm -hmm. and i've noticed a lot of my new material not on purposely just kind of where it fit is near the front of my set Uh so i think my new stuff is one i probably like it better because i'm more excited about it and it's hopefully just better yeah and the crowd can sense it so now i just got to write enough to catch up with it yeah i mean the uber bit yeah the moon bit yeah those are two new this year right yeah those are great yep um the guns and harassment bit mm-hmm. is yep. really new. Yep. That's, and I'm sure this is getting stronger as, as you go. Yep. I mean, those are three that pop out of my head. That I, White Recluse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, White Recluse. That is new. Johnny wrote that one. I didn't write the bit. I just wrote the tag. <laughs> but, I mean, I saw you less than a month ago. Yep. And almost all that seemed new to me. And that was, what, a 25-minute set? Yeah, all that's really new. Year. Yeah. And it, it was steady and strong and built. Yeah. Finish strong. Well, so. thank you. That Uber bit's five minutes long itself. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I hear what you're saying that you, you maybe want to take some of your greatest hits when you're out getting paid. I mean, this was a home club, so you felt more comfortable probably doing all the new mm-hmm. stuff, but it flowed really good. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, again, that's a, that who was that with Nate? No, it was with Keith. With Keith. So, Keith Aberstadt draws a, an intelligent, smart yeah. cl- crowd that likes clean. I could see where maybe on the road sometimes right. at a club with a different act, it could be a little trickier. But yeah. the material is strong. I mean, all that I, I would consider TV clean, late night quality. Well, thank you. You know what I really notice is when I do headline. I don't headline much, but when I do longer sets, uh, and for me, it'd be like a forty-five minute set, and thirty minutes of it, I is you know was new. I'm thinking about one particular show I did, and I was like, all right, is this my best forty-five? 
No, but I wanted I had so much new stuff I wanted mm-hmm. to put in there. So there's a balance between, especially new clubs and stuff like that, where they're seeing you for the first time. Yeah, you want to do your best set because the crowd doesn't know. They're like nobody knows my jokes. Right. So it's just uh, I found myself almost trying to overcompensate and writing stuff that maybe wasn't my best. Hmm. That's interesting. I'll I'll take whatever jokes you're not using. (laughs) Throw them out. Um, And then the other thing I, again, I thought, I know what we were talking about, but I launched a website at the beginning of the year and I put a blog on there and and I was going to come out like gangbusters. And as often happens, that that doesn't happen. So um, I was smart enough to at least not call it blog. I call it news. So a lot of times I'll just update my schedule and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I was going to write on a regular basis on that. And that's just something I did not do this year. It is tricky to get something like that going, especially when it's a consistent every, Yeah, you know, I'll do mine real quick. That just one yeah. of my things that piggybacks off that is, I think one of the smartest things I did this year was back the podcast down to every two weeks so that mm-hmm. I can enjoy doing it and not be in a rush just to crank another one out Yeah, and have seen zero drop off as far as how many listeners I have. That's it's good. still increasing. And now there's like 160 something episodes. So if you're finding it now, you've got, yeah. Two and a half, almost three years of of stuff to go. 42 of which Brian and I are on. (laughs) Can you believe it? And uh, so that was, that helped make things a little bit more manageable, but I can see what you're saying. Like if I was going to throw a blog on top of that, where I'm writing something about just where uh, I didn't need more deadline stuff Mm -hmm. in my life. So I kind of slowed it down. And that, that was a big win as far as having more time to focus on writing comedy, which I've done better this year. I don't know how many minutes total um, I've got not as much as I would like for sure, but, I've definitely been able to take a, this opportunity I have, which is my thing on the list. Uh, there's the Mike Huckabee show that's shot here in Nashville out at TBN, and they contacted me and needed an audience warm-up, and we figured out a way to, to make it work. And like, I get 15 minutes anytime I'm home on a Friday, or sometimes we tape on Thursdays and Tuesdays, what have you, to go out and warm up the crowd, but I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, if you want to do 15 minutes of new material, it doesn't bother us. If you want to do some greatest hits or bookended or whatever, and uh, the producers and the people up in the booth, like they're big comedy fans, they're encouraging new material. Yeah. Hmm. So I've got a green light to that. So each week, if I'm home on that week, I've got it. That's you know, great. I, I can write a minute or two and try it out and see how it goes. And so I've got, for the first time, a longer list of jokes to try out than I've ever had because I know something's coming up. And with that being, you know, it's a Republican audience for sure, but it's at TBN, so it's mostly Christian audience mm-hmm. too. So I don't do any political when mm-hmm. I come out. I mean, it's it's almost it's real easy to to go out there and pander and like right. throw up some softballs. And a couple of times I've just done a joke that, like, I have a joke about Al Gore that I haven't done in years, and I'm just throwing out some new jokes that <laughs> the producers haven't heard. Yeah, I'm like, you know, you forget in Nashville, you see all these celebrities, and I have some jokes about other celebrities. I'm like, and you see Al, I saw Al Gore at the car wash. I mean, you think you'd have a better job after being in the service, you know, <laughs> serving our country, like, and like that just went over like the biggest joke I ever told. Because yeah, because they're all Republicans. <laughs> yeah, it's so, too easy. So I could write and just like. Do that, but I'm I'm picking more of a place to work on some more of my Christian material because mm-hmm. at my corporate gigs they don't typically want to hear that either. Yeah. So this is a, a green light for that. So I've, that's one of the biggest surprises here is how much I've enjoyed that and how much, like I went to the the TBN corporate Christmas party and didn't have to perform. Like that was the first time I've been part of a company. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know I'm not their employee. I'm an independent contractor. But like, hey, come out and I got to sit there and enjoy a catered meal and. Listen to the CEO talk and the all that peanut kind of glaze. Stuff. Was it your you your last podcast where you t- said ultimately write for the your ultimate audience? Yeah, like who like if I was lucky enough to sell out theaters, who would yeah. want to come in and sit in those theater seats? And so write material for that. Yeah, that's the challenge. I mean, you do 
mainly corporate. Johnny does mainly church, and I do mainly clubs, but uh, I mainly try mine out at open mics. And, and as long as I've been in it, I still find myself thinking, oh, I think this will make them laugh. And the guy's at the open mic in the back of the room. And it's funny how you never yeah. really – it's hard to get up past that, even now, as long as I've been doing it. And I write clean, but I still uh, – you know, a lot of my material probably wouldn't fly into corporate or it'd be – Kind of on the edge, you make them comfortable. And same with church. It'd be just a little bit. It's clean, but it's it's taboo topics or something. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky line to walk. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, John? Anything fun? I, I like the idea of that, uh, right, for the audience that you want. Um, I think I realized that about myself early on because people kind of like, they're weird about the niche. When you shove a comic into a niche and say, oh, you're a this guy. Oh, you're an alt comic or you're a this comic. No, I'm just a comic. Like you, you fight it. But honestly, when I found myself writing, I was like, who am I writing for? Mm. What perspective am I writing from? And um, so, yeah, so I kind of embraced that part of it early on. But but I just I like that perspective of it is like you win slow and steady and find who your people are. And eventually you're hopefully if you if you last long enough, same with a band. You know, we talk to bands. They're like, well, the key is just get get mad at each other, fight, throw the guitars, break up, get back together, break up, get back together. And after 10 years, you'll be really good. Yeah. And so if you stay long enough, then you'll have like, there'll be people that come to see Brian Bates because they like Brian Bates, what he says on stage or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I like that idea. And hopefully that's what we're doing. So that's what we're all doing, hopefully. But yeah, you can lose yourself if you start writing for the back of the room for people who are dead inside and don't laugh at anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if, yeah. And if you're, every audience is a little bit different. So if you're always chasing the laugh from that particular night, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's a, of game in that you can play mentally or yeah. yeah, I, I, here's a couple things just for them. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, they're not showing up again tomorrow. So you just wasted time. Yep. You'd rather create material that has, I hate saying general, but universal stuff that people can, if they can relate on an emotional level, any topic is open. Well, and you told me this a long time ago when I was starting out, you said at the end of the day, you have to live with your act. And so make an act that you really love. Cause it is, it's like Bates talked about doing his material that he'd been doing the longest. And he thought, am I not, am I underselling this? Is that why it's fading? Or is it just the new materials better? It's hard to know because yeah, sometimes we have jokes that we go, I've told this a thousand times and you forget, why isn't this getting a big laugh? Well, it's because you didn't do that thing with your hands that you used to do mm-hmm. that you forgot you did, or mm-hmm. you didn't have the big thing at the end where you raise your voice and modulate and you forget like that. I can't just roll out and tell this joke. I got to tell it like I've told it for the first time. You know? Yeah. And I think you got to tell like they're hearing it for the first time. That's the thing for me. I start reciting and they yeah. can sense a difference. Yeah. It's and like, you, yeah, you can, we've all caught ourselves in that. We're mm-hmm. like, okay, this kind of got a cadence that yeah. I can anticipate, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you know, and or they, you're thinking about it. We can all like do that out of body thing where you're like, well, did I pick up the dry cleaning? Yeah. Like, what is, and you're telling a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> To be fair, sometimes you need that yeah. if you know if the audience is in some kind of weird state yep. where you need to bring them into comedy. But once you have them into you, then you can back off and be you more without that, you know. It's more fun to be in the moment anyway. Like if you ever catch yourself and you're like, this is a lot of fun. It's rare for me because I'm trying to do a good job. I'm a people pleaser. So I'm just like, I just want them to like me. That's why I'm thinking of them. I hope they like me. I hope they like this one. Yeah. But every now and again, you catch yourself like, this is fun. This is what I'm made for. I did a Christmas party at, up in uh, Covington, Kentucky at this factory. company's been around for 200 years. Same family, seventh generation. Pretty yeah. impressive. But they wanted to have it there at, in the factory. And so we're on the loading dock. And I can show you a picture of it. There's, you can barely see the stage because there's big boxes behind me and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And about three times there was deliveries on the loading dock. So <laughs> I'd be right in the middle of a joke. Like, 
literally maybe 90 seconds into the show, the first one came as like, it sounded like an alarm. Like, so I kind of looked around like, I'm like, apparently that joke's a no go here. And you, you kind of get a laugh. And then it happened about the 30 minute mark. And then almost right when I was wrapping up and I just might as well just acknowledge it and kind of have fun with it, you know? And so sometimes I would, I would get close to the punchline that I'd look around like, is it going to happen yeah. now? And that yeah. kind of laugh. But well, yeah, I, it makes the show memorable. Like those yeah. people remember that they like, they know they had a one of a kind experience. Right. If in two year into comedy, Rick would have been like, oh, okay. Right. Make that thing stop, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I was like, when can it come next? <laughs> just have some fun with it. That's good. Any other good stuff, Rex? Well, let's see. This is my, this has my, been my first year selling merch. So that's, um, there's, more to that than you realize. Frontbaits.com. I mean, Easy out is the name of the CD. Currently <laughs> available on iTunes. Yes. Frontbaitscomedy.com. Um, but there's a there's you know there's some skill set to that even to work <laughs> into your show and how to sell it and things like that. And early on, I would either forget to promote it every time I come off stage, like oh I forgot to even mention it, um, or I just wouldn't sell it well because I hate selling anything. But now I finally got where I say something funny and kind of work it in. And I don't think I'm overbearing, but yet I am at least excited enough to make you think, well, maybe I should buy it. Uh-huh. Um, so that's something new for me. Just to, And then selling after shows, just that's first year I've done it. I think it's just like your jokes, the crowd, there's a time when it's too much. Yeah. When you feel like it's Branson or whatever, or you're just doing a sell that's 20 minutes long. But then there's a time where it's like, they want to know that you really believe in it. Just like your jokes. They can tell when you're like, this guy doesn't even like his CD. He's yeah. Like, Buy these if you want. I'll be in the bank, whatever. Yeah. Even just like how you handle it. Like if mm-hmm. you just kind of throw it back on the stool, like it's not worth anything, they're not going to buy it. Yeah. You know, but if you look at it and put, you know, it's all about this is worth something. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know. Somebody taught me that the, the, the one sentence was, uh, this just came out. I'm really proud of it. That's a, it's not a, it's not a prideful thing. It's just to say like, I'm really, I'm really happy with how this turned out. You tell them that. Yeah. What is a prideful thing if you say I'm very well, proud of it? But I'm saying like, you're saying like, <laughs> Johnny, that's what pride I think means. this is good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a proud person that it is. Never mind. <laughs> Gosh. Any but other yeah. positives, John? I, I had a video go uh, viral that I didn't expect. That was. Oh, which one? Uh, yeah. Which one? It was, um, I did a, it's one of my bits from my. The one where you, there's a John Chris that you shared? Yeah. It was a John Chris video that I shared. And then after that, it got a million views. <laughs> the turkey one? No, this was the it was the trunk or treat one about churches doing trunk uh, or treat. Oh so, yeah. So I it was around Halloween. My agent called me. He said, "It's like two weeks before." He said, "You ought to share that on Facebook and promote it, mm-hmm. boost it a little bit, boost it a little bit, just to see to get it out to the most you know viewers." And then, so I did. So I spent a few dollars. I think I spent a hundred dollars to start just to see what it would do. Because I was like, "Well, I put money into other things. I do Google AdWords and things mm-hmm. to promote." This seems like a good use of the money. And I put it in like meme format, meaning I put words at the top and bottom to kind of really grab somebody's. And I think I put like the yeah. problem with trunk or treat is what I put mm-hmm. at the top and bottom of the screen. Shared and it got, it immediately took off more than anything I've ever posted. And I was like, well, this is really weird. I think it was just the timing of it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it ended up getting like eighteen or 19,000 shares. And uh it was crazy. On so Twitter? It had, it had over, on uh, Facebook. So it had over, Facebook. it had 1.2 million views is where it had sat. And, uh, and then I tried to do it again for Thanksgiving with the Turkey song, which is one of my memorable bits from my show. Uh, you know, 60,000 views, whatever. Yeah. Nothing close. And I did the same thing. You just go, you can't, it just it taught me the good and the bad. I go, I'm not going to stop doing it because it's still a good use of my right. marketing dollar. But this idea that, well, I'll do this and it'll happen again. Like there's no... 
Well, I think it's interesting because so Turkey's a non-religious Thanksgiving is a non-religious holiday, right? And so you've got all the Americans that you know, are, we share that in common, but you don't have a subgroup, right? So with the Christian trunk or treat, it, it poses an obvious question: like, should we even be celebrating this anyway? Yeah. This right. is how we're doing it, and this is how it's wrong. Right. And so you've got people who. I think sometimes on the internet don't have anything funny to share sometimes yeah, to yeah. other Christians. And so like, this is something I can share and it's true. And it's, you know, well, it's like, the re- so there's no way to know, but I, I, you know, you know, you keep, you keep throwing, it's like throw stuff and see what sticks to the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you keep putting stuff out. And so that's definitely like in my plan for next year is part of the, what I spend on marketing is going to go to like Facebook boosts and like video, even old videos that I go, this didn't get the views that I'd hoped, but I'm going to, do this to it and I'm mm-hmm. going to tweak it this way or put a nice header and footer on it. Just try it. And then try it again. Yeah. yeah. Some, See what happens. Some A-B testing. <laughs> there you go. That's Need cool, a control man. group. Yeah. So this just one maybe thought going into 2018, something you want to do, accomplish, or stop doing, and then we'll leave it at that. Uh, for me, I'm trying to get more. I'm always, my goal is always to get a little more fearless every year because I feel like Fear is what always held me back from even trying comedy. And then once I got into it, you lose a little bit of fear, but there's still that thing in the background. Why don't I do this? Or why don't I do more act outs? Or why don't I? And you realize like what's holding me back is this is working. Why would I step? But I have no idea how big the laughs would be if I did X, Y, Z. So I'm, I'm trying to put myself into a mode of like, why not? You know, you've done this and this has been okay. I mean, I have a, I'm making a living at comedy. So it's like, keep trying, keep trying new things. And don't let the fear be this crippling thing. You know, obviously people think comics are so fearless anyway. I don't know how you do what you do, but they don't realize we still deal with hangups too. Yeah. There's things that we get a comfort zone in too, and we stay in our bubble. And um, so I'm trying to stretch the bubble some more. That's this good. Year. That's a good one. I would say same thing. I mean, definitely write, just continue writing. And I'll, I'll name drop now opening for Rory Scovel, who's one of the most fearless people, you know, comics out there. Yeah. And after a week with him, because we all started absorbing whoever we're around. Mm-hmm. I found myself just a little bit uh, thinking that way a little bit, you know, now obviously you got to be careful about starting to sound like somebody, but just as far as just always yeah. more daring spirit and be, yeah, being in the moment and just more mm-hmm. daring spirit. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I could definitely use some of that. That's good. That's good. Cool. And both those are really good. You know, I think for me, uh, my, my main goal for the first half of the year is to develop 15 minutes of Christian comedy. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I do clean comedy and I do them at churches, but I don't really have a lot of biblical based material. And I've, I've got some concepts down that I think are really strong. And uh, now I've got a place to try them out. So that's my goal. So hopefully by CCA time, you'll see a set that you haven't seen any of it before. And you're like, Oh man, it's good. That's what I'm shooting for. Well, cool guys. Thanks for stopping by. You Anybody bet. who's up for it, I'll take you out to dinner, but if you've got a date or a, Something going on. Hey, look, I'm not going to turn down a free meal. (laughs) Me and Johnny are going to go wherever you and your lady are and just sit in a different booth and look over. Eavesdrop. All right. I'm going to order the uh, almond slushy and see Mm, how that goes. And then Johnny's going to be weeping from the corner of the time. That's right. Just the one eye. Yeah. We'll drive by your prison and wave at you. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks again. And uh, thanks, everybody listening. Thank you. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Brian and Johnny. Uh, I'll definitely not eat at a corporate event again unless I know 100% what's in that food. Uh, Johnny is going to have somebody introduce him properly so that he can get uh, the crowd focused right off the bat. 
and Brian's going to maybe do more prisons. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Always love to hear from you. What was your best and worst of 2017? Shoot me an email, schooloflaughs at gmail.com, and let me know if I can read it on the air. I'll read that in the next podcast episode if you're down with that. If not, just say keep it confidential and tell me something you did right and you did wrong. And uh, I can learn from that, and you might learn from sharing that, that, hey, you can get those out of your system and move on. And before I go, if you're looking to take a comedy writing class this year, I've got some coming up you want to be part of uh, Tuesdays, January 2nd, 9th, and 16th here at the home headquarters of School of Laughs in Hermitage, Tennessee. I'll be doing the writing class. You want to get in on that? We may have a spot left, maybe not, for the performance class coming up in January. Those are Mondays, uh, January 8th, 15th, and 22nd from 6 to 9 p.m., the Tuesday classes are 6 to 8, by the way, the writing class. The performance classes are 8th, 15th, and 22nd from 6 to 9. And that's downtown Nashville, just outside of downtown Nashville at SIR. If you're interested in either of those classes, it's a $200 investment in your career and your future. Just shoot me an email, schooloflaughs at gmail.com, and I'll get you more info on that. And lastly, the Business of Comedy Seminar is coming up January 6th from 1 to 4 p.m. here also in Hermitage, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Uh, the cost for that one is $99. It's a three and a half. I'll even stick around for four hours if you want to talk business or comedy and really lay out what you need to do to get a full-time career going in comedy. And we're going to look at the big picture and then step it all the way back to today, even if you're at the open mic level, what you need to do to kind of ensure that you have the best chance of making a run at it later on, what you need to spend on promotion, websites, videos, uh, headshots, how you can merchandise the different niches, uh, corporate, college, churches, cruise ships, all those different areas where you can do comedy outside the clubs, as well as the comedy clubs uh, and how they go about booking their talent and booking agencies and what they're looking for specifically. So it's a real deep dive. No question is a taboo in that. If you need to know how much comics make at different levels, I've got that kind of charted out for you. All those great things happen at the Business of Comedy Seminar January 6th. You're still listening? That's cool, man, because I got to the end of the podcast, and sometimes I feel like the ads, yeah, I hate to throw out the info, but in all honesty, these classes are helpful. I've seen folks take the class. I've seen them get better. Uh, the two guys you had on the podcast today, Johnny W. and Brian Bates, took the class at different levels. Brian Bates from the very beginning, and Johnny, after he'd done comedy for a little while, and uh, both those guys found some results that worked for them. And uh, I know it can work for you, too. So just give me a shout, schooloflass at gmail.com if you're interested in any of the classes or the online classes or you have the best or worst story of 2017. I'll talk to you again in about 15 days. Take care, stay safe, and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.